Hey, let's talk about marketing automation and where the future of private practice marketing is headed. There's a lot of misconceptions when you throw out the term marketing automation and maybe automation in general. So we're gonna give a few examples. We're gonna talk about the all-encompassing power of automation and how it can grow an industry, grow a business, grow a practice. So hang in there. If you're into marketing and into automation, you're gonna love this one. And if you're not, then you should probably choose a different podcast. My guest today is Jonah Selner. Jonah and I started Boost about four and a half years ago and went all in on bariatrics. Welcome, Jonah. Hey, Maddie. As Boost has grown, we started, I think the first thing we quote automated was a link going out so that surgeons could get a Google review after patients have had surgery. Is that right? Yeah, that sounds right. So we sort of started at the end of the patient journey and now fast forward four and a half years, now we can automate a ton of things inside the practice. When clients first show up to us, what do you think they think we do? Oh man, that's a good question. It's all over the board. I think all of us understand automation to some extent, but that spectrum is quite wide. We could talk about automation for six hours if we wanted to. I think at this point, most people are familiar with the most basic things such as for example, sending a broadcast email. A lot of people re refer to this as an email blast where you have a database of contacts and you just blast them. You send out a generic type email. A lot of times these are like a monthly or weekly newsletter or something like that. That's one end of the spectrum of quote unquote what automation might be. And on the other end of the spectrum are really sophisticated things where there's all of this type of if-then logic. Really artificial intelligence is for the most part, just a whole bu bunch of if-then statements and conditions of if someone does takes this or that action, then do this. And then if they do that, then do this. And so when we look at automating different things inside of the practice, think of all of the different uh, steps that it takes someone from being an inquiry on your website all the way to completing surgery with you and think about all of those steps that could be automated. There are a ton of them. And the, the different automation steps that could be taken, the different messages can range from tasks generated to people to automated text messages to automated emails, all based on different, different events that happen, both triggered the staff inside the clinic or a patient or a lead taking some action either on their phone or their email inbox. Yeah, we use this as our unofficial motto, but we love to say automate the mundane and humanize the exception. That, that's why at Home Depot, you see multiple stalls where you can check yourself out now because apparently people don't want to stand in line for 45 minutes to do something that they could walk over and do themselves that would take one minute. And if you zoom out, people don't really want jobs that can be automated. If you can let machine learning or technology do something that you had a staff person sitting there doing over and over and over and over and over a thousand times a day, clicking the same button, sending the same message, saying the same thing, we are finding ways to replace that with technology that is extremely dependable and extremely effective and, you know, never takes a day off, never leaves an old tuna fish sandwich in the fridge, things like that. And I'm not trying to pat us on the back. I think we are on the very early curve of automation coming into small business and certainly automation coming into the medical world. I. I still, I think the good news is there are now some other people coming into this industry 
There are tools that you can get. We've heard a few in the last year or so. There are tools you can buy for 700 bucks a month or a thousand bucks a month. You can get a base set of tools and build your own automations. And if you have someone on staff who can do that and rock that all day, every day, you know, you probably should. Most people don't. That is our opportunities to come in and be that arm of their business, build out all the technology, build out all of the content, set up all the automations, do the training, keep it up to speed and, and keep paying for ourselves by a multiple of five or 10. I got off track. I still don't even see a lot of automation myself as a consumer. And by automation, let's recap one more time because we've gotten deeper into it. So when we say automation, we mean, for instance, patient fills out a form on the website. Patient automatically gets text and email and voicemail. Right? Patient gets tagged in our system as completed consult. Patient automatically gets the correct follow-up messages. Patient gets tagged as a no-show or a cancel. Patient automatically gets the correct follow-up messages. Right? Correct piece of paperwork gets generated as a form. Patient fills out the form. If patient does not fill out the form, patient gets reminded to fill out the form. So these are the types of things we're talking about. Right? A patient completes surgery. Patient gets all these goodies post-op. Patient gets asked for Google reviews. All of those things. I don't want to give away too much of our <laughs> public podcast, but that's well, you what said, we're doing. You said something interesting about, about not knowing and not seeing automation in your own life. I wonder if that's true. I wonder if some of the things that you think are happening behind the scenes by a real person might actually be done via automation. Because if you're doing automation right, uh, it shouldn't feel super unnatural. It shouldn't feel robotic. It, it should have a personal touch with it. And especially with younger generations, we're kind of used to this odd hybrid of knowing that there's probably some sort of automation, some sort of computer, some sort of automated thing behind it and being okay with interacting with, with that type of technology and even preferring it, which I mean, depending on who's listening here, you might be horrified by that or you may say, yeah, absolutely. That's, that's how I live my day to day. And so the ability to interact with, with technology is the front end gatekeeper. And if, and only if you can't, the information that you're seeking or take the action that you want, if for some reason that automated system doesn't work, then as a backup, you get punted over to the human part. And I think we all have experience with phone trees, for example, phone trees are the worst. They never work. I am always pressing zero, zero, zero to talk to a real human being. But phone trees are an example, I think, of automation that is terrible and doesn't work well at all. And the automation we're talking about is much more organic. It's much, much more patient friendly and, and it just serves people far better. Absolutely. A couple of thoughts there. Number one, I don't loop myself into, quote, the younger generation anymore. You said the younger generation like us. Maybe that's you. You and I reached out to this company, this potential mastermind that we are thinking about joining, and you got some amazing follow-up, which was completely automated and completely just what you wanted to hear right when you wanted to hear it. So voicemail drop, text message, email. And yeah, that's the difference in, I think what we're coming out of is uh, people getting spam, which infuriates everybody versus no, when people ask for something, they immediately get what they asked for in the way that they asked for it. That's what we're talking about. Uh, keeping up with hundreds of leads or thousands of patients and treating them all with really high level of customer experience. So I think that's what, that's what people are more wanting. In fact, we have that data. There's one clinic that we, you know, we do ask, how do you want to be communicated with? And 10,000 people have come through that thing. We say, do you want to be called or do you want to be emailed? 
Mm -hmm. And 60-something percent say, email me, don't call me, because nobody wants to get on the phone with the doctor's office. Right. Just to piggyback off of that, you said something about spam, and we've had several people, are you just going to send all these emails? Isn't that kind of spammy? And if you look at it in that light, yeah, it could potentially perceive it that way. And and the key distinction that we make is this is all based on a concept called permission-based marketing. And that concept is simply that we're only giving information to people who are explicitly asking for it. And I think that's a really key distinction that gets lost on a lot of people is, yeah, spam is unwanted solicitation. Permission-based marketing says, I am asking for this. And at the moment I stop wanting this information with one click, with one tap, I never hear from them ever again. Mm-hmm. And so that's another cool thing about automation is it really ends up serving potential lead, the patient, wherever stage they are, it serves them best because they're getting the information that they want. And a lot of times I think the misconception in people's heads is why would they want all this information? It's just too much. People's attention spans are short these days. But if you have a painful problem in your life and you are experiencing that problem every day and you're getting communication that talks about that problem in some way, it isn't hitting you over the head with being too salesy or anything like that, but it's just you know, gently bringing that up to the surface, talking about it, because it, it's top of mind for whoever's reading that email. They've opted into it. Right. Uh, so I, from our philosophy, you can have many, many, many touch points, far more than any human person could send out. And it, it actually ends up serving the person far better uh, than, than just a quick email or call from a manual person. And they don't have the time to follow up with many, many follow-up messages beyond that. Absolutely. I, it seems like, I don't know how many years websites have left, but they are certainly, at least for best practices, you know, for SEO purposes, people are trying to build page after page after page after page. For conversion purposes, we're arguing, make it slimmer, make it one page, make it one piece of information, one message to one audience. Our philosophy is a website really has one job, and that's to get someone's permission to follow up with them. We see around the country about 3% of people that hit a website actually take the action that the website wants them to take, which is call us today, book now, get in here. Our philosophy and our foundation is what about the other 97% of people? And leads generated inside of our system, which now we've got hundreds of thousands, the majority of them become a lead outside of the hours of eight to five, meaning the time that they're kicking around and pursuing this as a solution and dipping their toe in and, and expressing interest is not when your staff is there to answer the phone. The majority of it is outside of that time frame. So if your only solution is, hey, if patients, when they're ready, they'll call us and book. That is not our philosophy one bit. And that's not our experience. I've had those conversations with Kinsey for one example, and she's saying, yeah, I think 60% of people now book through email or text. They're not, they're not calling to book their appointments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even since we've been doing this, We saw the shift dramatically from clinics that we work with moving from everything over the phone to mostly over email. And very recently, we're seeing text messaging become extremely powerful and the primary way people like to interact. Uh, Obviously, email and SMS are very different in terms of the strategy and how you can create content for that person. So email is great if you have to watch a video or if there's more information. Obviously, text is very bite-sized type information. So it's a different way of communication. But again, it's people's preferred way of booking things, of getting direct things done. 
whenever I have to call up a service provider at home, if I leave a voicemail for them, I always say, please text me back. <laughs> Don't call me. Right. And when they text me back, it's great. So I, we've seen more and more clinics move towards doing that as well. And it's, it's been a, a powerful shift. Yep. Yeah. And the, the last thing that's on my mind is speed of response, because I think People don't consider that in this industry so much, but the, the, the provider that responds the quickest wins, sometimes, maybe oftentimes you are competing with another provider, but typically what you're competing with is someone deciding not to take action. That's your biggest competitor. And when somebody reaches out, especially for an emotional decision like elective surgery, they want to know they've done the right thing, meaning they want to hear back, the, not necessarily the right answer. They just want to hear back lightning quick. And so it doesn't matter so much what you say, it matters how quickly you can say it, whether that's through text or phone call or email. And so if you're using automation, someone is going to hear back immediately, only confirming for them that, okay, yeah, these people got me, they're paying attention, I've chosen the right spot, and this is the right time. And that alone can dramatically grow your volume. 100%. So any other thoughts on this? No, we kind of circled around many different topics around automation, but I thought this was a fun way to riff on some of these topics that we both feel passionately about and want to get out there. Absolutely. Always a great conversation. That's why hopefully we're in this business. Yes. All right. See you next time.